On today's episode, we're gonna talk about men and their mental health. Stay with us. For today's handshake or manly virtue, we're gonna talk about suffering without complaining. Now, there's a difference between talking about your suffering to someone who can actually help and just complaining to someone who can't. A lot of times uh, you get a headache, you stub your toe, uh, you have a bad day at work, and we tend to complain and moan and uh, lament our lot in life and it really does nothing. It just contributes to uh, the negativity of, of those around us and uh, is really just not that much different than whining. So as men, we should really develop the virtue of just holding our tongue um, and maybe complaining to the Lord or complaining to a professional who can help. Um, but other than that, men should seek to suffer without complaining um, and without uh, bemoaning their lot in life. I know today's handshake certainly is something I've experienced and dealt with in my life. Um, so before we get there, if this is your first time following us, please on YouTube, click subscribe, click that bell button so you can get all of these episodes as they come out. If you're on a podcast, we're on every podcast player. If that's how you prefer to listen, definitely subscribe there. We want to continue to provide these things for you. If you're a fan of our memes, if you're a fan of our blogs, if you're a fan of this show, we encourage you to head over to patreon.com slash catholicgentlemen and discern giving to us so that we can continue to provide things like this for you and other men in need. So today I really wanted to talk about Catholics and mental health. Mm -hmm. Why do I want to talk about this? Like, why do we think that this was an important episode to have? Well, I think a big reason is men have mental health struggles. Yes. This is not something that's talked about very much. But men suffer from anxiety. Yes. Men suffer from depression. Men suffer from trauma. Mm -hmm. Men suffer from all kinds of mental health struggles, statistically at equal rates as women, mm. or sometimes even greater. And yet, we also see this huge resistance among men, including Catholic men, yeah. to getting the help that they need, the mental health help that they need. Now, what's well, I just... Just a little bit of context here for anybody who doesn't know. Um, I'm finishing a degree in clinical mental health counseling at Divine Mercy University. Yep. Um, so it's a Catholic counseling program that is very much rooted in the best of the Catholic tradition of philosophy and theology and anthropology, but also the best of modern psychology and what it has to offer. Hmm. Um, and it does have things to offer. So I, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But first, like, let's let's start off with like getting a little personal here. Yeah. I think it's just good to be honest and say that we've both had moments, and I'll you know just for me, um, I've I've had moments of ser serious depression. Yeah, for various reasons. Some of them loneliness, feeling um, disconnected um, from those around me. Yeah, I remember in college, especially, I was I ended up transferring schools, but my my first year of college, I felt really isolated. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was at this big school and, you know, I'd go to the cafeteria, I'd eat alone. Uh, and then after that, I'd maybe retreat to my room and read for a little while or go, you know, just, just try to find some way to keep myself busy. Uh, but I was lonely and yeah. it hurt and it was depressing. 
Um, and I remember just being so down so many days. You know, I'd have a few good days or happy days, but it really, it really was a serious bout of depression and just trying to figure out what was next in my life, find my major. Um, I, I really had no no direction or, or aim in life and, and um, really contributed to this feeling of just heaviness and depression that really made me just want to cry some days. Yeah. Um, and of course, I wouldn't have admitted that to anybody at the time, but yeah. it was a really hard period of life for me. I've also struggled with panic attacks. Yeah. You know, and like I could go into all my history and everything and why that has come, where that came from. You know, I've moved beyond them now, thanks yeah. be to God, because I got the help that I needed. But there was a period in my life where I had really severe panic attacks. Yeah. Um, and it would be something where I'd be cold sweats, you know, trembling. To the point where I was embarrassed, like, is someone going to notice this? Yeah. But it was a real struggle for me. Yeah. Um, so all that to say that men struggle with mental health issues, and I've experienced that myself. Yeah, me too. And I appreciate you sharing because that's exactly it. I uh, was a worrywart, right? Yeah. I was nervous throughout high school. Mm -hmm. However, I was very stoic in mm -hmm. how I, I worried. Like, I had the poker face. Like, nobody mm -hmm. knew that I was afraid. And yeah. I remember kids coming up to me, we'd have these huge auditions in front of hundreds of our peers um, in music, and they were always like, John, how is it that you just, you like never look nervous or worried? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I guess my stoicism is like, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. is, is, is kept up high because I likewise then had to get on anti-anxiety medicine in yeah. college. Mm -hmm. So I, um, you know, wasn't struggling with deep depression, but I was struggling with um, just anxiety, anxiousness, and not being able to go to sleep yes. and worry. And for years, right, this did not something that was just, oh yeah, there was these six months in my life that I did that. I still struggle with anxiety to this day. I've been through some of the most mm -hmm. stressful months in my life, um, and I've had to get on some natural supplements, um, some 5-HTP yeah. and GABA and these sort of things to neurotransmitters to help calm me down right. because I too, uh, have had panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And the first panic attack I've ever had in my life, I was in uh, downtown Baltimore for mm -hmm. a, a USCCB conference yeah. that I had to go to. And I started to have this panic attack and I did everything. Like I tried jogging in my room, hotel room. I yeah. tried going on a walk up and down elevators. I started practicing my breathing for like 10, 15 minutes. Yep. Anything I could do to calm myself yeah. down. And I couldn't, and I ended up just having to go to the ER because yeah. it was like two hours of my attempted ability to control. Mm -hmm. And for somebody like me who has the pride and, and wants that control mm -hmm. to not be able to control, I was just... Um, totally beside myself and I had to go to uh, the ER and they gave me some you know Xanax or some sort of you know um, yeah. half a milligram or whatever it was it was some and it calmed me down and I got like four hours of sleep and and then I don't know if um, any people who've experienced panic attacks but once you have the like physiological break like I started having panic attacks at the most random moments for right. the next eight months of my life Right. I'd be sitting there watching a football game and immediately just all of a sudden have a panic attack, not thinking about anything. Right. And um, it's humbling and it's, um, you know, and if you don't know how to combat or how to um, how to take care of these things in a healthy mm -hmm. and appropriate way, yeah, you end up just, um, it, it just builds on top of each other. And like yeah. you said, 
not letting people know was something that I struggled with as well because I didn't want people to think of me as less of a man right because I struggled with these things exactly and let's let's talk about some of the reasons why men don't get mental health help mm. and that's a huge one yeah the stigma around it is you're weak you're broken you know, you can't muscle through it. That's right. You know, a lot of guys have that mentality. Well, I'm just going to screw up my courage and I'm just going to push through it. That's right. But a lot of times that doesn't work. <laughs> and that's when you know you need help is when your willpower is not enough anymore. <laughs> we all get nervous. Yeah. We all have moments of just mild anxiety or, you know, sometimes we'll have a bad day where we're mm -hmm. feeling blue, but then the next day we're fine or whatever. Um, that's a normal human experience. What you, When you know you need help, is when you can't control it anymore. Yes. When you're talking about like we're having random panic attacks, when it's interfering with your life to the extent that you it, it's it's causing repercussions in your life. Mm -hmm. So if you're depressed to the point where you can't show up for work, you need help. Yeah. You, you need to get help for that. If you're if you're anxious to the point where you know you're exploding at your wife because mm. you're having so much anxiety mm. and you're screaming at her as like a defensive response, okay, well you're gonna need to get help there. You know. A guy maybe loses his job. Yeah. Uh, we're, at a, we're at a time in history where there's a lot of a unemployment lot of right, right now. now. Mm. Huge depression around that, sense of purposelessness or, or you know, discouragement around that. Get get the help that you need, you know. Um, so, but but again, that stigma around being broken, about being weak, about being perceived as crazy or whatever. A lot of guys resist that. Yeah. Um, another reason, though, is that a lot of Catholics think. This is a huge one. Yeah. I can just pray it away. That's right. Well, if if I'm I'm having panic attacks or if I'm depressed, I just need to pray more rosaries. That's right. Go to adoration. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about here is the mental health, like the mind, the psyche is just as real as the body. Yeah. And the disorders of the mind can be just as real as disorders of the body. So if you break your arm right. and you're in serious pain and, you know, maybe you see your bone sticking out of your arm or something, you're yeah. not going to just say, well, I just need to go to adoration. That's right. No, you're going to go to the exactly emergency right. room. Yeah. And we don't have any problem with that. We don't think there's any shame in that. Yes. Getting physical help. Yeah. If you're bleeding, you, you need to stop the bleeding. That's right. Well, just the same. The mind is just as real. And again, disorders of the mind can be just as debilitating as physical yes. illnesses. But they somehow we, we somehow can find some shame or some desire to spiritualize these problems yes. sometimes. Well, what God really wants us to do is to find a professional who can help us. That's right. Like, get the help that you need. And uh, so... While I understand the resistance, yeah. sometimes we need to humble ourselves, swallow our pride, yeah. and get the help that we need. Well, and the danger with spiritualizing things, and I really appreciate that because it's something that I've suffered with too, right? Is it becomes this sort of circular thing, yes. right? Where basically it's like, well, if I was just doing this, if I was just going to adoration, praying the rosary mm -hmm. uh, more fervently, you know, mortifying myself more, you know, taking yes. more cold showers, right. then God would um, see that I'm working so hard and he would deliver me from this suffering. Right. And then when that doesn't happen, what do we say to ourselves is, oh, ye of little faith, you just don't have enough faith, right? You right. chastise yourself for that. Yes. And you just start saying, 
oh man, if I just had more faith, then I could trust that God would do these things for me. And so now I've got to pray for more faith and go to adoration right. and do these things to increase my faith. And it just becomes this spiral that never ends. Yeah. And I really liked what Dr. Uh, Peter Malinowski, who we had on, uh, stated that the issues of uh, the mind, these neurotransmitters, right, um, are of the natural order, and we must look to solve them in the natural order, right? Mm -hmm. When we have, and your great example of a broken arm, you know, or me being paralyzed because of, um, you know, uh, pains in my my gut, you know, and and passing out, I had to go directly to the ambulance, right. uh, to the to the ER through an ambulance, you know. But then, when you're having panic attacks. You go for a two-hour jog, and you do everything you can to try yeah. to try and control it. Um, you know, without seeking help. I guess is right. what I'm saying. So yeah. yes, yeah. And let's let's make this really concrete, okay? Yeah. Let's say uh, a man was sexually abused as a child, mm. and that does happen to yeah. men. Yeah. Okay. Huge amount of shame around that. Oh, I bet. The reluctance to talk about something like that is massive for mm. a man just uh, it presses all the buttons in a man that that says sure. i never want to tell anyone that this happened i wasn't a protector but, i wasn't a warrior yeah, but yeah. let's say they they have mental health repercussions from that which they probably I will uh, i mean barring some supernatural grace you're going to have mental health repercussions from that yeah you're going to be depressed you're going to have anxious you're going to you're going to have panic attacks you're going to avoid certain people or certain places you're going to have flashbacks you're you're going to maybe be hypersexual yeah. as a result of that. Yeah. Um, and act out in those ways. Maybe be you know addicted to pornography as a result of this trauma in your life. And to expect that a trauma like that um, can be solved just by praying a novena or something mm. isn't the case. Now, of course, God can do miracles. He can pour out any grace that he sees fit. He can, he could conceivably heal that in a moment. Yeah. But again, what what God wants us to do sometimes is to do the hard work of healing um, in the proper context with with a, a relationship. Yeah. Which is what counseling or what therapy is is a relationship. It's a healing relationship. Um, and so, just as we sometimes have physical ailments that take years to heal. Sometimes we can have mental health issues that take years to heal. It's yeah. it's just it, it it we have to approach things as you said. If it's of the natural order, we have to approach it in the natural order. Yeah. And traumas are very real. Sometimes your life doesn't have any traumas, but we can still struggle. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so I would you know really encourage men out there who might be listening to this to take it seriously. Yeah. Get the help you need. Again, swallow your pride. It, um, it doesn't make you less of a man. It yeah. really doesn't. In fact, the vulnerability that getting help requires uh -huh. takes a tremendous amount of courage. Yeah, well courage. said. A, a coward can hide from their issues for the rest of their life that's and hurt right. all kinds of people around them as yeah, a result. That's right. Because they never deal with what they're what's eating them alive inside. Yeah. But step up, use the courage, or use the virtue of courage and get the help that you need. There's an old saying in the mental health profession, you can't heal what you don't reveal. Yeah. And, the, you know, I don't want to get into all the, like, the neuroscience of it and everything, yeah. but talking about problems isn't meaningless. Yeah. It actually, there's something healing about wrapping words around yeah. your experience. 
Sometimes we have this nebulous feeling of dread or anxiety that we just can't articulate. But the struggle to articulate it can in and of itself be healing. Yeah. Now, counseling isn't just talking a lot of times. We've done tons of research neuroscientifically. Um, we've learned about the body and how it responds to stress. There's tons of techniques and things that can be done to heal a lot of these um, disorders of the mind and of the body that are yeah. often very related to each other. Panic attacks are physical, yeah. even though they may have their or, um, roots in the mind. But we've done, we've, there's tons of research and techniques, cutting edge stuff that's out there. Yeah. So it's not just about talking all day, uh, although that can be tremendously helpful. There is a lot of, of, of other things that can be done to help too. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about another good saying that just came to my mind. Uh, Sister Miriam, I heard her say that um, she works with Dr. Bob Schutz and his healing ministry. And she talked about, you know, hurt and pain that is not transformed is transferred. Yes. Right? So when you don't truly reveal these things. Yes. You, the pain and hurt that you are stoically pushing deep down inside of yourself yep. and not allowing out um, yep. will start being directed at other people, your kids, your friends, your wife, your parents, you know, um, because you're not handling these things like a man. Right. You're not, and I really appreciate you saying that because it does. It takes so much courage to explain and, and reveal your your failings, your weakness, right? right? In these situations. And I also want to caution people about seeing their faith as some sort of dispenser, you know, Catholicism mm -hmm. in the sense that if I pray the St. Jude Novena and leave a handwritten version of it, you know, somewhere in the church, then the prayer will be granted, you right, know? Right, right. Because Never mind a relationship with God. Never mind, you know, a conversation and and seeing things uh, um, rightly as we're talking about here. You you kind of approach your faith life as you know, if this, if I put the money into the machine, then I will get the dispense. You know, will come out to me as the yep. reward which I am praying. Just for. press the right buttons, and, and God will do what you want. That's like, right. He'll, he'll, Send out directions and heal all your problems. And that's not always the way it works. That's not our faith at all. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I don't want to uh, downgrade the importance of prayer. If you're listening to this episode, listen to any of our other episodes. And we mm -hmm. talk about the importance of relationship with Christ in that prayer time uh, that you need. But speaking specifically here of Catholic mental health and trying to look for you know, um, get out of jail free cards and stuff like that. It's just really not um, healthy for yourself or for those around you. Yeah, and I really want to emphasize what you said, um, that, that quote about what, what isn't transformed is transmitted. Yeah. It's not just about you. People who don't face their demons will inevitably hurt other people around them. Mm. And they say, well, why can't I just be like that stoic, you know, World War II vet who just never talked about what he saw in World War yeah, II yeah. or whatever? Well, you know what? A lot of those guys, not all of them, but a lot of those guys hurt their families. They yeah. were emotionally distant. They were frozen. Or they were alcoholic or abusive because they wouldn't get the help that they needed. That's right. And it caused generational consequences, which we saw kind of in the sexual revolution. All the hippies, they were a child 
children of those World War II guys who often wouldn't talk. They were too proud to talk about yeah. their problems or get the help that they needed. And again, that's not a rule. That's not inevitable. There were some really wonderful men that's right. who didn't talk about the, the traumas that they experienced during the war and who weren't destroyed by it. But there were many who were. Yeah, and it's important to mention, like, statistically, there are many who were. Like, in Croatia, uh, after World War II, the Croatian army, I think over a third, I know, over a third of the men that returned from the war committed suicide within, like, 10 years after the war. And, I mean, it'd be foolish for us not to to pay attention to that. And those were the men who who chose, um, unfortunately, to end their lives, Um, but all the men that w- fell addicted to alcoholism, abuse of others, you know, um, this sort yeah. of um, um, just um, dark days of, of life because they did not um, transform that hurt and that pain and yeah. do so in a, in, a, in a healthy, open way. Right. Yeah, and uh, an alcoholism or, or any other disordered uh, response to pain can do tremendous damage yeah. to our relationships and to ourselves mm-hmm. and to our own souls. Um, so we do need to take it seriously. Um, you know, the, and you mentioned suicide. You know, it's, it's just, I, I may not get the number exactly right, but the statistic is that the men's suicide rate, the suicide rate among men is about eight times higher mm. than it is for women. Yeah. So there is really a mental men's mental health crisis in our world. Yeah. Like we, that's why wow. I felt the urgency to talk about this. Yeah, because men have struggles, and we need to talk about it. And regarding the the, the the again the importance of our faith, it isn't that we're dismissing that. You look at the Psalms. Yeah, how many times did David cry out in complete desolation <laughs> and despair, Amen. but also had moments of tremendous joy? Yeah. Um, but he had moments, dark days, he did. you know, and he cried out to God in those moments. Yeah. And so we, we should take prayer seriously, but we also need to not treat it like magic yeah. in the sense that, well, again, if I just press the right devotional buttons, God's going to heal all my problems. And that's not always the case. So yeah. also, too, um, I just want to talk about for a minute, like, uh, again, in relationships, mm. how the damage that it can do. There's a verse in Scripture that talks about the sins of the fathers being passed down. This is in the Old Testament, I think yeah. Deuteronomy. Mm. About the sins of the fathers being passed down That's right, for to generations. seven generations. That's right. That doesn't mean that God is, you know, in just in vengeance visiting the sins of the... Yeah. No, what he's talking about is the consequences of one man's sin mm. can be generational. Yeah, One man who has a problem with, again, like alcohol, and he's abusive to his family emotionally or physically, Yeah, he can r- ruin his children's lives. Yeah, And they, in turn, can, to deal with that pain can turn to dis- disordered behaviors that they then pass down to their children. Yeah. And that generational sin, that generational consequences of sin, I should say, is passed down generationally and leaves a legacy of brokenness. So again, it's not just about you. Realize that yeah. you're sowing seeds that will bear fruit for decades to come. Yeah. Um, so get the, get the hope that you need. Yeah. 
You know, and so we're talking about anxiety and depression here, but I think another point that could uh, touch on the lives of men is kind of that, yeah, fight, flight, freeze, yes. you know, that happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know you've brought that up. And something uh, with a lot of our youth, right, is, you know, thinking high school and college and early 20s, mid 20s, even beyond, uh, that is not uh, appropriately addressed mm -hmm. is, um, that fear uh, um, of, of taking action and your worries of, about the consequences, right? And mm -hmm. so we're terrified about um, what might happen, of the fear of the unknown, right? right? We haven't learned to confidently abandon ourselves to God's will. And so instead, we're just paralyzed to inactivity. Mm -hmm. And so we, but it has to be filled with something, right? And so then you start filling it with video games, you start filling it with pornography, you start filling it and it becomes this downward spiral to, to worse situations, right? right? And so know your temperament, I guess is what I'm getting at, right? Is know your temperament and see these things that are, are, are naturally coming out um, of you. And maybe you've been rejecting them for many years, right? Maybe you're a guy who's struggling to get a date, like we right. talked about in another episode, um, because you are just afraid and you see your self-worth in the eyes of others mm -hmm. and, and how others uh, treat you and appreciate you. Mm -hmm. um, all of these things can be great opportunities to meet with a counselor mm -hmm. and talk through things. So it doesn't right. have to be um, panic attacks or sexual trauma, although those are necessary to, to, yes. bring, to, right. uh, to bring up to a Catholic health professional. Um, but uh, it can be these lesser things. I'll say even my parents wanted me to go see a psychiatrist when I was in high school because I was always so hard on myself mm -hmm. and I always had to be the best. And they would see me studying for two, three hours before a test, right? Yeah. Because if there was a bonus question on the test, not only did I have to get a hundred on the test, I had to get those four extra bonus points, yes. right? And that's what I did to myself. And my parents lovingly um, uh, were discerning, you know, me getting help at that young age because right. of that. And so, and we see, um, that these issues going further and for younger and younger and younger, right? Yes. We see um, poor um, men and women, uh, or sorry, young young adults, or even younger than that, yeah, you know, children, you know, that are suffering from, mm -hmm. you know, cutting themselves or suffering from, um, you know, just these these emotional traumas, and they're looking for uh, for an outlet, and they they don't know, and and mm -hmm. it's because yeah, that that. Society where we 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 don't face these things head on right. with 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 all the tools that we have in mm -hmm. in in God's creation to to help us. So. Yes, exactly. Well, and and I I think you're talking about young children. Yeah. Um, you know, many people uh, experience things like bullying in school, and we need to take that. A lot of people say, well, it's just bullying. Just get over it, you know, tough it out, Yeah. whatever. But there's, there are actually kids committing suicide yeah. over the cruelty that they experience in school. Yeah. Now, let's say that happened to you 20 years ago. And you think to yourself, well, why don't I just get over it? This is something I hear with, with a lot of my clients. Like, why can't I just get over it? Yeah. I like, just snap out of it. Exactly. Just get over it. Like, everyone's just telling me, why can't you just get over it? Well, there's some things that stay with you where mm. that part of you is still living as a child in that moment That's and that right. past is still present in your life wow. in the sense that you're perceiving the reactions of others around you mm. 
almost as if you were still living back in high school or grade school when you were being cruelly treated yeah. and shamed and humiliated by other kids. Mm. And so you take bring that fear and that pain into your adult relationships and you can't figure out why you're repeating certain patterns and things like that. Well, that's one thing that counseling can help with is helping get to the roots of some of these behaviors because like you were saying about kind of disordered coping mechanisms yeah, where, yeah. where like video games or pornography or something, a lot yeah. of times we just treat the symptoms or we want to treat the symptoms where it's like, well, if, you, or if you're just playing video games every day, well, let's just form some new habits, you know, maybe just cut back. Or yeah. Sometimes that works. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you find yourself just going back and back and back to these disordered Finding behaviors. new things to fill that void, yeah. Which mm -hmm. tells you that the roots may lie quite a bit deeper than yeah. just, well, it's fun. Mm. Uh, and a lot of times behaviors like pornography or any compulsive behavior that you can't control or can't get a hold on, they're rooted in emotional pain that can sometimes go back decades. Yeah. Um, and counseling can sometimes undo the knots in your mind. It's like a like a garden hose that's all tied up yeah. in knots and the water's not flowing properly. That's right. It's kind of like that where like our spiritual and mental energies are all tied up by these things that have happened to us. And we feel like, well, why can't I just overcome it with willpower? But it's not that simple. Sometimes you got to undo the knots. And yeah. that's okay. That's like okay. That. Sometimes we all need a helping hand. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I'd like to talk about what if it's not you that's experiencing mm. um, anxiety or depression or have had a trauma, but somebody close um, and personal to you is the one suffering from this. Yes. You know, what are some of the things that we can do as loving friends um, might be um, spouse or parent or, you know, child you know, aunt or uncle, whatever the case is, that you have a close relationship with a person who's just really suffering uh, from these things. I know there's n there's never one size fits all with something like this, but what are some of the general um, thoughts and ideas that individuals uh, can approach, um, you know, a loved one who is suffering from, say, um, anxiety or depression? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you've got to have that honest conversation. Just mm. say, I'm concerned about you. Yeah. I really am, you know, and this is something that you've tried to overcome on your own and you can't. Mm. And let's talk about getting you the help that you need. Now, there may be some resistance to that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but be persistent mm. because, as I said, you know, the, the men's suicide rate is very high. And that mm. doesn't mean that everybody who's struggling with something is going to commit suicide. Yeah. But it does mean that unaddressed problems yeah. inevitably get worse. That's right. They don't get better. That's right. Um, and so be persistent with that person. I like that. And all, how many of those people who did commit suicide didn't have somebody who helped them, didn't That's reach right. out to them, didn't say anything, didn't ask any questions? Yeah. Get them the help that they need. And just as someone who uh, is in a car accident and they're, they're unconscious, yeah. um, you know, might need someone to take them to the hospital yeah. um, or who can't drive themselves and need someone That's to right. take them, sometimes you need to reach out and intervene. I like that. If they're not getting the help that they need, sometimes you need to, to you know, be a little more forceful about that. Yeah. But it, you can't force somebody, but you can be persistent. I like um, that. And... and I'd like to add just a couple of things that I've experienced with. I, I've had a um, handful of, of close relationships that have 
suffered from depression greatly, yes. like you're talking about, even a couple that have discerned uh, suicide. Um, and one of the things that us as men often approach a situation like this mm -hmm. is with an Excel sheet and a mathematical problem yes. that we can solve, yeah. right? And so I want to caution uh, listeners that something like this, as Sam said earlier, can often take years mm -hmm. to solve. And you need to be that unconditional love and support for those years, right? Yeah. And this has been really hard for me if I'm, you know, when any time it's just like, well, we talked about this, you know, you know you need to be doing X, Y, and Z and that this is going to help you. Yeah. And are you taking your meds? You know, you, you, you start asking those questions and then you start creating a wedge between yourself and the other person. Yes. And so I completely agree with everything Sam was saying about persistence. I've had some close friends that have committed suicide and I've often wondered you know, you, you you start asking yourself, like, you know, what if I had just been a little bit more right. um, direct? And um, and that being said, uh, love is the key. Um, but uh, it's it's important to understand that these things take time to change. Mm -hmm. And if a person is resistant, or even if a person is open and accepting to that change, mm -hmm. that we still need to be that. Um, that, that loving support uh, for them. And then just going full circle here, that it's it's not a math problem no. that can be solved. And and sometimes men need to take a, a huge dose of of humble pie and and realize yeah. that that there's not an equation that's going to um, cure an individual, right. you know, with your um, with your prowess, um, right? You know, so well, and it, yeah. and it is a relationship. It is, yeah. like I said earlier, it's a healing relationship. Um, you know, the uh, one of the most famous psychiatrists of the last, you know, 50, 60 years, Irvin Yalom. Okay. Um, he he always likes to say, you know, my professional mantra is the relationship heals. The relationship heals. The relationship heals. You know, because. Yeah. If you're going to mental health, seeking mental health help, and you want to be fixed, like, all right, fix me in three sessions. Yeah, yeah. Not going to happen. No. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, unless you just, like, I don't know, just, like, stubbed yeah. your toe and you're depressed about it or something. <laughs> okay, well, maybe maybe then you can be fixed in three yeah. sessions. But a lot of times people want this very formulaic approach where it's just, well, I've got, I've got three weeks, I've got five weeks, I've got six weeks. That's right. And if you can't fix me, then you're just like a terrible therapist. Well, that's, right. that's not always how it works, mm. you know. And and I've been seeing clients during my internship, and I've seen this kind of impatience in some of them, where it's like, I just want the formula. Yeah. Just give me, just give me a worksheet to fill out, and I'll be all better. Yeah, like, that's not how it works a lot of times. So it takes patience, it takes time, but continue to be persistent in that seeking help. I love um, how you just. I was talking about a formula with helping others, but how often do we as men yeah. look for formulas to help ourselves, right? right? That's exactly right. Give me the three steps. It's, it's my yeah. time frame, right? Like, I'll give you six weeks. I, I can absolutely um, uh, understand that. Again, men's desire, our desire to control uh, situations. Yes. And yeah. so if we're seeking help, great point. 
understand that if it took you 15 to 20 years of, of tying that uh, hose knot, it's going to take longer than six weeks to untie it yes, all. And, right. you know, there'll always be that part of your life, you know, uh, with you. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's discerning how to return to that difficulty and that suffering with a healthy mind and with a healthy, you know, um, uh, being and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I know one of the things you talked about was fitness. Do you want to talk about ways that we can help ourselves? Oh, yeah. Well, as far as mental health yeah. help goes, of course, there are things that um, you just you need to reach out to a professional. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, without but, a doubt. But mm. there are some things, too, that as they've done research on the human being and the human person, um, they've kind of identified some things that can help contribute to good mental health. Mm. One of those is deep connections, human yeah. connections. Relationships. A lot of times our our depression or anxiety or pain in life can be due to ruptured relationships. Yeah. And a lot of times guys are good at superficial relationships. Yeah. Maybe with other guys even. Mm. We just keep everything very surface level. You know, hey, did you see the score on the game last week? Yeah. But sometimes we need to talk about emotions too. Do you have a trusted friend, a really good buddy that you can talk to about your struggles? Mm. About your good days, your bad days, you know, I'm not saying you got to, you know, put everything out there. Yeah. But sometimes having a, a, a connection with, you know, even another guy yeah. that can um, listen to our problems and really understand and empathize and just give us a listening ear can be really helpful. Having those deeper connections, I guess, is the point. So, yes, you may be married, but... Um, how deep is your emotional connection with your wife? Mm. You know, do you have a circle of friends that you can turn to and that you see regularly? Mm. That can tremendously boost your mental health mm-hmm. to know. And they, the General Social Survey, which is a big uh, uh, survey of American people and what their status okay. is mentally, they, they said they found that um, half of Americans, one in two Americans, says they have no one to turn to in a crisis. Mm. And that feeling of isolation, of deep loneliness, can just destroy your mental health. I bet it could. Mm. So if, you're, if you find yourself isolated, take steps to get involved in genuine human connections. I'm not talking about Zoom. Yeah. I'm not talking about Skype. <laughs> Those can be great in yeah. their own way. They've, they can help us re- talk to people long distance that we might not otherwise see. But don't use those as a substitute for real flesh and blood connection with other human beings we need that so connection is a huge one and and beyond just surface level like seek those relationships where you can really be yourself you don't have to put on a show you can just be honestly who you are and be accepted for who you are we all need that yeah second like befriend your body i know that sounds weird Okay. But a lot of guys have a uh, disordered relationship with their body. They either see it as like an encumbrance. Mm. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm heavier than I want to be. Or I just, you know, I don't like the way I look or whatever. Um, and so I don't know. I'm just going to like just eat a lot of junk food, gain weight, you know, just yeah. kind of cave in, live in my head, live in the virtual world of social media yeah. and video games and things like that. But your body's health and your mental health are hugely related yeah i mean they've done it uh, more and more research is confirming this even emotions 
are embodied. Yeah. There's, there's often, like, I mean, I can't think of any emotion that in some way doesn't have a physical sensation associated like with it. Like any either. Like anxiety. Yeah. You often feel Butterflies. it in your stomach. Yeah. Or maybe in your chest. Yep. Or maybe you feel your shoulders tightening. That's right. Or maybe you, your hands begin trembling or whatever. Their emotions are embodied. Yeah. The healthier your body is... Generally, not always, but generally, the healthier your mind will be. Yeah. There's a feedback loop there. Yeah. In the sense that often when we're like depressed, it changes our eating habits and our physical activity for the worse. Mm. We just want to lay in bed. That's right. We want to eat the worst foods possible, which only makes our depression worse. That's right. Well, likewise, you can be in a good mood and have generally good mental health, but then you let your body deteriorate. You, you sit around, you don't do anything physical, and then you'll slowly notice that that erodes your mental health. Sure. So it can start in the mind and affect the body, or it can start in the body and affect the mind, but either way, they're related. Yeah. So take care of your body. Exercise. It releases uh, neurochemicals like dopamine, serotonin that improve your mood. Yeah. Um, it can really be a huge help. The other thing, too, you were mentioning kind of your panic attacks. Yeah. Well, they've done a lot of research, too, where your, your rhythmic system, your breathing and your heart mm. rate, are very much related to uh, your sense of fear and panic, that fight-and-flight response that you're talking about. Yeah. So if you can practice deep breathing every day, deep breathing from the diaphragm, yeah. not the shallow breathing, um, and learn to control that um, and teach your body to relax on a regular basis... It then teaches, it allows you to control that um, anxiety response in a lot more powerful way. But it's a, it's a habit, it's a practice, um, and again, you're teaching your body to respond in a certain way. So yeah. take care of your body, take care of your relationships. Yeah. And then finally, don't underestimate the power of spirituality in, in health, mental yeah. health. You know, we were talking about earlier about kind of uh, offloading all of your mental health problems onto your spiritual life. Right. On the other hand, though, they've done a ton of research that people who have a strong spiritual life, yeah. who have a strong sense of spiritual meaning and purpose in their life, they have dramatically better mental health yeah. than people who don't, yeah. who don't take their spiritual life seriously. And again... There's a feedback loop there mm. where oftentimes our distorted physical health or mental health can hurt our spiritual life. Um, but oftentimes a weak spiritual life can hurt our mind and our body if we don't take it seriously. So they're all related. All three layers of the human being are related. The mind, the body, and the soul are all very much interrelated. The health of one affects the health of the other. Yeah. Take them all seriously. Go to confession. Yeah. Unconfessed sins uh, can affect your body. I know that sounds kind of strange. I believe it. But if you're if you're suffering from bitterness, from unforgiveness, from resentment, it can destroy your health. Yeah. I've seen it. Mm. I've seen it in 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 uh, individuals that I've I've interacted with where um you know the the pain that they've been through that is still never let it go. Yeah. And it's eating them alive inside and affecting them physically and, and mentally. So take take all three components of the human being seriously. Yeah. And um, your mental health 
will improve. Great, and I like this balance that you were talking about, right? Because earlier when we were talking about spiritualizing, it was ignoring two of the three, right? Yes, right. It's just uh, assuming that that, that third, um, which is incredibly important, um, could solve everything, right? right? And I loved how you talked about uh, our physical health, right? Because mm -hmm. that's just it. You're eating junky. You're um, a sedentary life. You're not working out. You're not doing mm -hmm. any sort of fitness regime whatsoever. You're going to suffer the cost um, of that. And it's going to affect your mentality, right? Yes. And I know that as well. It's when I have heartburn, I'm anxious, right? right. And then if I take, um, you know, some some medicine for my heartburn, immediately I feel calmer, you right. know. Right. And it's that connection that we have as this psychosoma individuals, yep. right? That God has made us, that we have to take all of this into account. And so, I'd like to talk real quick because I know a lot of listeners, as myself would be included, hearing Sam say say those things knowing that I am struggling with stuff, I would go through my checklist and I would try and basically solve it myself. Mm -hmm. And I would say, okay, good. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'm not doing fitness. That's my problem, you know, but I'm doing the spirituality and I'm, you know, I'm doing the, uh, the mental health, but I'm not doing, um, you know, this. And so I'm doing the breathing and on all that stuff. Um, and you're trying to again, solve it yourself, but that's not what we are um, directly encouraging. If you have something very deeply rooted and some something that you're suffering with anxiety depression you know trauma um you know freeze you know all these other things you should seek help and mm -hmm. there is a whole and i'd like you to talk about it you know list of different you know counselors psychiatrists psychologists you know what's the difference between them because i want to help men avoid that mentality of Oh, I can now take care of it myself. I just didn't realize yes. that this is the side that I need to take care of, yeah. right? And now you're handling it yourself, and that's, you know. Yes, right. So, uh, a couple of things there. First of all, um, if there are absolutely some disorders in our lives um, and struggles in our lives that we can heal through a more disciplined life, a yeah. more well ordered life, um, and there are things like, you know, let's say, let's just say you struggle with laziness or something. Yeah. All right. Well, be a little more disciplined, have a more organized schedule, things like that. Okay. Those are things that you can overcome yourself. Yeah. And that's not wrong. And, and we should encourage people to develop themselves to the extent that they can. However, there are definitely struggles in life where we have tried everything mm. And we just find ourselves stuck. Yeah. We've tried all the techniques. We've read all the books. We've listened to all the you know advice podcasts, podcasts and things like <laughs> yeah. that. And we still find ourselves repeating self-destructive behaviors mm. against our own will. Mm. It's like something within us, a part of us, just takes over. Mm. And we, we can't control it any longer. So an example of this would be something like, like panic attacks. Yeah. Where, again, that's something that you just can't control. It just comes out of nowhere. It just feels like out of the blue. Um, and, you're, and you're debilitated by it. That's right. Um, it is. And mm. it's affecting your life in a negative way beyond your ability to control. That's really the criteria. Yeah. It's affecting your life in a negative way beyond your ability to control. That's when you need to get help. Great. So, um, for example, so these are not often things that are like faults or sins or failings like let's say you got in a, a severe car accident 10 years ago yeah 
and you still have flashbacks mm. or you still find yourself getting extremely anxious mm. when you get in the car, um, break out in cold sweats and you can't focus and, yeah. you know, okay, well, that's not just something that you can necessarily solve with personal development techniques um, or, or, you know, good habits or yeah. something. That's something that you need help with. That's right. And there are many techniques like EMDR and, and um, uh, somatic techniques um, that can really help calm those panic attacks down, help kind of uh, release that trauma mm-hmm. that you've experienced. So that's something where you where you need to get help. Now, as far as um, so I hope that's I hope that's clear, yeah. like the difference between what we can handle ourselves and what we can't. Um, and another one would be like a compulsive sexual behavior. Yeah. Like some people have tried everything to overcome that and yet they can find themselves returning to pornography or buying sex or doing things yeah. that they loathe about themselves. Mm-hmm. They hate it. Like yeah. they wish they could just flip a switch and turn it off and yet they keep going back to that's it. That's right. That's cool. Um, or they're compulsively lying or whatever. Yeah. Those are again issues where you've tried everything, it's not working. Get help. Yeah. Now, your other question was like, where do we go? Yeah. Um, A lot of people get very confused about the degrees of mental health professionals. So I just want to lay that out for anybody who's confused. Genuinely, there's three tiers there's the lowest rung, which is by no means insignificant. Right. But a master's level, like counselors, uh, these could be licensed clinical social workers. These can be um, uh, what they call LPCs or licensed professional counselors. Like that's what I'm pursuing. Yeah. Um, but licensed clinical social workers can do therapy. They can do uh, counseling. Yep. Um, and there's also, you know, other like uh, licensed marriage and family therapists. Mm. Um which specialize in, in couples yeah. um, and family relationships. Um, but those that's really the, generally the master's level is like the entry level to counseling or psychotherapy professionals. Okay. And, and that is by far probably the most numerous um, uh, group yeah. of, of, of counselors and therapists. The next level is psychologists. Now mm. they have to have a doctorate. Okay. So they're a little less numerous because it takes work yeah. to get a doctorate. You have to have a master's and a PhD. Um, but they primarily, not always, a lot of them do counseling and, and see clients. Yeah. But um, a lot of them also do assessments. Yeah. Uh, where they'll say, you know, let's say a court mandates that someone be assessed for a domestic violence problem or a drunk driving problem. So they'll go to a, psychi- or a psychologist and they will get an assessment, and the psychologist would say, "Yeah, well, he's he needs to see he needs to be in an alcohol detox program or something, or he definitely has um, an alcohol use disorder. Yeah, and so he needs to seek further help. And then at that point, they'll refer him to a counselor or something yeah. like that for continued help. Um, also, a lot of psychologists are often professors, mm. so maybe they've seen clients for a while, but then they want to go into teaching." and train others. Yeah. Okay, that's very common because, again, they're doctoral level and they have more training and experience. The top tier um, is psychiatrists. Okay. Now, this is what most people think of when they think of a therapist. Yeah. They think everybody's a psychiatrist. Yeah. Just because of, you know, Freud and Jung and a lot of those early psychiatrists 
who kind of pioneered psychotherapy yeah. were psychiatrists. They were medical doctors. So a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. Yeah. He's gone through all the same training as a, as a regular doctor that you would see. Um, but they also specialize in mental health. Yeah. Now, very rare for a psychiatrist these days to see clients. Got it. Some of them will. Yeah. Um, but very few of them do actual psychotherapy or counseling. Yeah. Um, most of them just write prescriptions. Yeah. Um, and they'll help you manage dosages and they'll help, you know, they'll often work with a counselor um, to, you know, like I'd say the counselor says, well, uh, you know, you're having um, anxiety attacks or something like that. And I really think that medication would help you stabilize a little bit to the point where you can function and then we can further our work a little more easily because you're not um, yeah. having panic attacks all the time. So then they'll refer them to the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist will maybe do their own assessment um, and then they'll write a prescription. Mm. But again, most of what psychiatrists do is prescriptions. Yeah. Psychopharmacology, they call it. Okay. Um, but they these days, very few psychiatrists see clients in a, a therapy or counseling setting. So those are really the top three tiers. If you're looking for mental health help, chances are you're going to see a counselor. Yeah. And that's that's a good place to start. As far as Catholic counselors, yeah, there are directories out there. So first of all, the Catholic Psychotherapy Association, the CPA. Right. We'll put that in the show notes. Yes. Yep. Has a wonderful directory of practicing licensed mental health professionals uh, that have an integrated Catholic worldview. Okay. So a lot of people are hesitant to see uh, mental health professionals yeah. because a lot of them have, just truth be told, a secular perspective. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean they can't help you in, in right. some ways, but a lot of people want someone who's going to respect their faith, going to respect their, uh, yes, exactly. their experience as a, as a Catholic, and who's going to bring a Catholic perspective on anthropology and psychology and theology to their practice of counseling. And I think that's a very wise thing. Yeah. So the Catholic Psychotherapy Association um, is, has a great directory. Another one is called catholictherapist.com. Okay. Um, where again, a lot, not all, but a lot of Catholic therapists um, will place their name in there and you can find one in your state. Mm. Um, due to COVID, a lot of therapists are now doing telehealth okay. or like they'll, they'll do Zoom or yeah. um, another uh, HIPAA compliant um, telehealth platform that's confidential. But the point is you don't always have to go to an office anymore. Mm. You can do digital it is another option. It's, it's a one benefit that's kind of come out of the yeah, COVID exactly. situation. Yeah. Um, but I do recommend that if you can, you do see it in person. There's just a different dynamic. Yeah. There's just body language and, and facial expressions and things that are missed over digital. Absolutely. I would encourage people to do in person if possible. But um, Catholic Psychotherapy Association, catholictherapist.com are two great places to start at least in finding... A Catholic mental health professional. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Sam. I'm really appreciative of this. I think it's such an important topic, and I'm glad that we were able to uh, dive in and, and better understand, hopefully for our listeners, I know for myself, uh, these conditions that face so many men to the these days in growing numbers, yes, yeah. and um, and that we're able to address it honestly and talk about it, you know, with the 
a degree of, of expertise and a degree of um, seriousness um, as to uh, the situation that it causes, the lives that it ruins, you mm-hmm. know, uh, unchecked uh, uh, mental health mm-hmm. among men. Yes. So anyways, I'm very thankful and glad that we uh, had this time. Thank you. All right. So heading over to our nightcap. Yes, we uh, we our nightcap again for those who may be new to the show is where mm-hmm. we show an accessory or an item that is either cool or helpful for a man to have. So today we're again turning something very practical and that is sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, These are uh, some great sunglasses I got, Ray-Ban sunglasses. Um, Really enjoy them. I, for a lot of years, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I resisted getting sunglasses. Yeah. But the sun in Oklahoma can be really intense, like blinding. I know. And so I was driving down the road one day, and I just found myself squinting and just, like, I could barely see anything. And I'm like, you know what? I need some sunglasses. Yeah. So I got this, you know, Ray-Ban is, um, they're made in Italy. They have a reputation for quality um, and craftsmanship. So I got some Ray-Ban sunglasses. So, but just get some. If you, There's no point in squinting, ruining your eyesight when there's lots of great options out there now. Agreed. And I would say just a couple of things. I, I fell in love with Oakley sunglasses yes, uh, yeah. when I was younger, and um, I, I still love them. Uh, unfortunately, um, I've uh, one's been stolen, one's been lost, and, and I've got a <laughs> bunch of kids. And, um, and so, uh, but I guess one of the points is, is there are so many options out there. You can get polarized sunglasses at Dick's Sporting Good or at... Um, Bass Pro Shop or yeah. any of these places, um, you know, take a look at yourself in the mirror. Feel confident when you're wearing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be afraid to ask somebody else what they think you look like in them. <laughs> but, uh, but it can be a great staple of a man's uh, wardrobe. And it also has good health benefits, too. Yes, exactly. You know, where you're not getting um, uh, migraine headaches and things like that because you're uh, avoiding. So, anyways, thanks for showing. Well, and as we remind uh, every man who listens to this show at the end, be a man, be a saint. <laughs>